The Minnesota Vikings have brought joy and misery to the Vikings fans for many years. At the Skull Purple Podcast, we just want to see the Vikings party with the Lombardi. Join us for analysis, interviews, laughs, and much more. It's the podcast by Vikings fans for Vikings fans. The Skull Purple Podcast starts now. Here's your host, Carson Schubert. Welcome in to the Skull Purple Podcast. Man, it's been a minute, but we are back with David, Tony, and myself, Carson. Gentlemen, how we doing? How's your off-season going so far, David? It's going great, you know? A couple of storylines here and there. Nothing really big happened yet, so can't wait to see what happens next. It'll be interesting to see what happens when the combine starts here in a week or so. Um, but, uh, Tony, how about yourself, man? How you doing? How's your off season? Have you recovered from the giants loss yet? (laughs) No, I relive it every day. I actually turn it on in the middle of the night and then I just cry and I I eat ice cream. It's, it's a whole scene. Uh, it's ugly. Uh, it's been good. You know, it's been good here in Minnesota and the Twin Cities, as I'm sure it is in Iowa as well. The off season always means that spring isn't too far away. So That's for right. that, I am thankful. Um, I'm also thankful for all of the teams in the NFL that think it's our year. Uh, so, uh, you know, it is Vikings fans have never been accused of being that team. No, 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 no. Now, so being it's that good. Fan it's base. good. I think we're a good fan base. We, but you know what, Carson, David, we like to be realistic on this channel. That's what it's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. What I always say is hope for the best, but expect the worst. Mm -hmm. Hashtag Minnesota sports. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Hashtag wide left. TM. (laughs) Yeah. Wide left TM. Um, that's what we should have named this podcast. Welcome to the Wide Left Podcast. We just want the Vikings to make a field goal in the postseason when it counts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you could do a whole show is, on that. That's right. That's right. This is the Pigskin Podcast Network that we're a part of, by the way, gentlemen. Uh, make sure to check them out. Uh, online, they have podcasts for every team almost. I've got uh, so many different teams you can find on the on the webs, on the webs. Um, so <laughs> the Pigskin Podcast Network, that's probably the best promo, best <laughs> sponsor that they've ever had. Uh, read right there. So welcome to the Pigskin Interwebs. <laughs> that's right. But uh, glad to be a part of it. Glad to be back after a week of uh, yeah. lots of stuff going on uh, personally. So uh, with my job and I know you guys were busy at, at times last week as well. So, uh, but mm-hmm. we're back. We did have two episodes for you last time, last week or the last week that we were here. Um, I got to talk with Matt Anderson of Climbing the Pocket, also writes for Vikings Wire, The Daily Norseman. Please go back and check that episode out. It was a fantastic time talking with him for 
about half hour chat of talking about the senior bowl. Uh, we talked about um, which Vikings players we wanted to see keep uh, kept, keep kept. Uh, you know what I meant? Um, <laughs> kept cut and traded or whatever. So it was fun. Um, I know we're kind of getting to a point in the off season where people are maybe like, yeah, it's kind of the dead zone between, um, now and the combine, but get out there, watch some content. If you're hungry for content, watch my Matt chat, if you will, uh, with Matt Anderson. So, um, that's the last time I'll ever use that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Glad, glad to be here with everybody. Uh, let's go ahead and dive on in. Also, uh, by the way, we released a short uh, with uh, Kevin Brown, who's been a part of the podcast in the past. He's breaking down different prospects. He'll be doing that up to the draft as well for us. Um, so make sure to check that out and follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Kevin Brown NFL. So YouTube there you shorts. go. Yeah, YouTube shorts. I'm very good at starting another thought when I haven't finished the previous thought. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, let's go ahead and talk briefly, gentlemen, about Red McCombs, who was the Vikings owner before the Wilfs. And by the way, he sold the Wilfs, the Vikings, for $600 million back in 2005, I believe it was. And let me just tell you, Vikings are worth a little more than $600 million today, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> to say the least. Um, but I will, uh, I will say, you know, even though Red McCombs, he was a controversial figure uh, in lots of ways, but... Uh, Definitely in Vikings history, considered maybe one of the worst owners in Vikings history. Um, but nevertheless, he did help shape the Vikings into what they are now, whether we like it or not. And so we do want to take a moment to talk about that. And also, um, yeah, shout out to the family. Hopefully things are going okay with them, but... Um, any thoughts, gentlemen, on Red McCombs? I know, uh, David, you didn't have much to say in the chat, but uh, anything you want to <laughs> say here? My condolences to the family. Yep. There you go. Pass there it to you, go. Tony. Tony, you're muted. <laughs> or not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. Well, maybe. I don't know. Can, no. Can, can you hear me now? I hear you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I share David's sentiments. Um, yeah. Uh, condolences to the family. RIP. I don't have a lot to say about Red McCombs. Obviously I wasn't a big fan of his as an owner. Certainly that does not mean he was not a, a fine man or gentleman. So I will not spill speak ill will of the past, uh, or passing yes. or whatever they say. Uh, um, the, you know, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that he passed. Live long life, though. If we could all wish to get to 95, I think we'd be pretty happy. So, granted, I feel like uh, ages 85 to 95 wouldn't be that much fun. So, I don't know. There's that. That's right. Mm -hmm. I agree. <laughs> Unless you're just 
so in shape and living your best life. But even then it's like, yeah, I'm ready to croak off. You would yeah. think by then, but um, anyway, <laughs> I feel like everybody, everybody past the age of eight goblin. I don't know. That's right. As uh, somebody that's experienced passing the age of 80, Tony. Uh... <laughs> that's right. That's right. I am the resident old man of the group. <laughs> no, but I. Uh... It's actually me. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. David. Yeah. Probably is. Shh, shh, David. <laughs> Don't tell him. That's right. That's right. Um but yeah, no, I think uh, I think that's pretty much all we had to say on Red McCombs. Yeah, best wishes to the family, uh, yeah. condolences to the family. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, he lived a long life. There you go. That's about all we got for you. Um, but uh, I don't know how you transition from that. But um, let's go talk about <laughs> the final thoughts we have on. Brian Flores and his hiring. He had his press conference last week. Yes, we wanted to talk about it then, but stuff and things, things and stuff. Um, so, gentlemen, uh, what are your thoughts? Let's just talk about the press conference first. Um, I'm going to give my thoughts real quick. I think I think. I think I want to say I was very impressed with this press conference. I thought he said a lot of the things I would want to hear. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the best one-liners that he had was uh, after somebody asked him what uh, formation that they're going to be running, a 4-3 or a 3-4, and it was towards the end. I think it might have been the last thing. He's like, who are we playing? He's so, playing. And that's and that's the kind of answer you like to hear. Um, and it sounds like he's going to be very aggressive. And the only thing I am – just I'm just a little skeptical based on last year with Donatel because everything sounded great for Ed Donatel last year too. He made things sound great and oh this is going to be fantastic. I'm going to try all these different things and uh well it looks like he only tried about one thing and it didn't work. So right. um now I think Brian Flores I don't I don't think Brian Flores is going to be like that, but I'm just I'm just trying to temper, you know, expect the expect uh, expect the worst, hope for the best kind of a thing. <laughs> just because, you know, it is the way it is. But I, I am ultimately very excited for this hire. Um, I thought the individual education thing, uh, the IEP or whatever, I can't even remember what the what the word yep. was, but individual individual education. Uh, programs programs there you go yep. um i thought that was really cool i think that is huge for a coach to understand that because he said his wife is a teacher and everybody learns differently right so right i think that's why i'm excited the most for brian flores because he's gonna have that in his mind when he's teaching some of these rookies saying okay I, I'm starting to understand how you see things now. And now I can tell you from that perspective, how to do this, because mm -hmm. you can say, say something to somebody, um, like Patrick Peterson, and he's going to do it right away. Cause he knows what you're talking about. But if you say it to Cam Dantzler or Andrew Booth Jr., he might be like, what, you know? So there's, there's different, 
there's different levels of knowledge, obviously, in the football league, in the National Football League, but also just the way of explaining something. Like, if you explained a formation on defense to me with all the mumbo jumbo some of these coordinators use, like, I'd probably be like, I have no idea. And then, you know, Flores would explain it to me. It's say, oh, it's a cover two shell. I'd be like, oh, well. <laughs> Should have just told me that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think that's kind of my biggest couple of takeaways there. Tony, let's uh, hear your thoughts. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I was impressed with the con- press conference. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, I watched it. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of bash it while also, admitting that I also watched it, but I kind of hate watching them almost in a way because they don't really tell you anything, right? They're not going to like, they're not going to tell you any secrets. We're not really going to get to know like what they're going to do or their actual thoughts on things that are a bit more meaty or sexy for us to, you know, kind of hear or know. So, you know, I watched it um, as far as takeaways. He said all the right things um as i expected him to do he's a professional he's an intelligent mm-hmm. guy uh you know i wasn't expecting him to slip up you know it's funny for all the flack we used to give zimmer and i certainly gave him a lot of flack one nice thing about zimmer was he actually would slip up sometimes and say some wacky stuff <laughs> in press conferences and then you're like oh this is actually worth watching uh but i've noticed that you know quasi o'connell especially the last uh, year flora's Yeah, Flores looks like he'll be about the same as the rest of the front office at this point, which is we're going to give you what we want to give you and we're not going to give you a whole lot more. And um, and that's okay. I'm I'm okay with that. Um, I like Flores. I like his resume. That's what I'm excited about. I don't think we're going to know anything until we get into the dog days of training camp. Uh, But overall, he did not say anything that raised any alarm bells. Um, so that was good. Um, and you know, he navigated some of the cringier questions that I get that the journalists have to ask. Uh, but I thought Thomas and asking about the lawsuit. Yeah. Chris, Chris, why? Like, (laughs) I, I think Chris does overall a pretty good job, but there are just moments when it's like, you didn't have to ask that. You well, know, that's Thomason's like, thing, though, isn't it? You know, like <laughs> yeah. that's kind of his—that's his brand. Like he's a little bit, and he'd probably hate, hate. You know, shout out to Chris Thomason if you're watching this uh, or listening on Apple and Spotify. <laughs> he just by the turned way. it off. Um, yeah, that's right, and it's off now. Yeah, he kind of to me reminds me of like the Twin Cities. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, version of Skip Bayless. Like that's. I was he just thinking that. Like our <laughs> yeah. He's our skip and he's just going to say <laughs> weird stuff. And that's kind of his thing. Like he's going to be controversial because nobody else wants to do it. And he's willing to, you know, kind of carry that cross, if you will. So I think that that's his uh, just his thing. And I expect it. So um, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so I but I thought he navigated it well. And not only that, I thought he was very. Uh, he didn't look agitated. Like he, he rolled with the punches like a professional. Right. I mean, he's a professional. So um, yeah. thought it was good. Didn't see any red flags. Um, I'm just ready to get rocking, man. I always, at this time of the year, I'm excited about it being summer, like getting closer. We're not even in the spring yet here in the Twin Cities. But I start wishing away the summer really quickly because I just want football to start back up. 
Yeah. Right. You David. The NFL. Because we actually have an XFL. That's right. We do have football. That's right. And it, uh, <laughs> it's not as good. But anyways, we yeah. may can, we might talk about that at some point. But uh, David, the Skull Vipers podcast. Here we are. <laughs> sure. I mean, what I got from the, from his from his press conference is he sounds just like a head coach. He's going to say all the right things for the media to just you know play with it and give their own interpretation. He's not going to give too many clues of what he's going to do. He's going to have a little catchphrases over there. He's he's going to always he's going to always intrigue your imagination like head coaches do, so you can keep asking questions. But what I did do, what I did understand and look at his demeanor. He knows why he's here. I don't know if he's going to be here for a year or two years or three years, but he knows. This is one of the worst defenses in the league. And if he actually does a good job here, he's going to be a fir- the first candidate for a lot of head coaching jobs. It's not going to be multiple interviews with different people. If he does a good job here with this defense, he knows he's going to be the top name on everybody's list. So yeah. that's 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 one thing I took from the, from the press conference, that he wants to come in here and he wants to turn this around. I mean, it's not that hard to – Worst defense. I mean, you can't go nowhere but up, but I think he's going to turn it around, and that's why he's here. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, he sounds like a head coach. I I think, if I remember correctly, he was a head coach somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Thomas. I put my finger on it, uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the Dolphins. That's right. That's right. Uh, that ended spectacularly. If you're somebody that hates Brian Flores, I guess. Um, <laughs> but no, obviously that was a disaster in Miami, and I still think it could be a disaster. I do like Mike McDaniel, but that's another topic for the Overt Sports Flea Flicker Fancast uh, on the Overt Sports YouTube channel, by the way. Subscribe. Um, shameless plug. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think that pretty much sums up the press conference. And I'm sure you probably all that are watching have probably kind of heard your thoughts and probably have heard other people talk about it already, too. But... Uh, yeah, not really too much more to add on that. Um, I am in, I'm in, I'm in, uh, maybe I can talk, maybe I can't. Um, I'm interested to get your guys' thoughts here on the defense and how Flores can turn this around and how quickly he can turn this around. Um, and that's the question I'm going to start with. How quickly can Brian Flores turn this defense around? Um, let's start with you this time, David. I think the first thing is going to depend on health. I mean, you had a healthy year with Daniel Hunter last year, so he's playing 17 games. Um, it's going to be kind of interesting to see what they do with Zadarius Smith. And with him coming in here, developing the young guys, is it's a must. Like, he's, he's not going to have, you know, if Patrick Peterson comes back, you know, or – if they keep Harrison Smith, retain him, he's not going to have these guys do anything different. They're going to go back to doing what they do best. But I think the defense can can actually, you know, get – I think they can be top 15 defense if they can develop the young guys a little faster, if these young guys can come in there and actually contribute and not play special teams. I mean, he's he's done it everywhere he's went. He's he's done it in New England. He's done it in Miami. So developing young guys is, is kind of what – what they brought him in here for. And the Vikings have a ton of young guys 
all over the defense. They got young defensive linemen. They got they got young defensive linebacker. They got to look at the corners. You know, outside of Patrick Peterson and maybe Cam Dancer who played three years, all the rest of the guys are going to their second season. So you have to develop those guys there because these guys are going to play a whole lot more now. So I think it all comes down on how fast, if he can fast track these young guys to actually playing productive football. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Tony. You know, I think David, I'm, I'm probably pretty aligned with where you are. I'm going to say ceiling next year is probably maybe getting to like 15. Um, yeah. If everything goes right. And I, I just think that they're the, I think the hope for me is that this defense can be aggressive and smart enough where they're really good at creating turnovers. And that's mm-hmm. how we create a defense that is, is serviceable. Cause um, I don't think they're at the point now where, I mean, essentially kind of what we saw with Donna till last year, we either don't have, it's a mixture of, we either don't have the experience or talent as just gross as that sounds to just flat out cover. Like it's just, that's what we tried to do last year and it didn't work we can't do it. And, you know, and to their credit, I, I, I will say this, the rules are set up for offense, right? Like the, the, the league wants offense. So the, the cards are already stacked up against a defense already. I will be, Mm -hmm. I will be charitable that way, but um, that's my hope is that again, we're smart enough and disciplined, but yet aggressive enough where we're able to create pressure, which creates turnovers. And I've seen a lot of defenses that get coined as really good defenses every year. And if you look at the statistic, it's statistics, it's like, well, they also lead the league in like turnover ratio. <laughs> and, right. uh, and I'm obviously that's an important statistic, but boy, it's, it's, it, it's really easy to play defense when you're constantly giving your offense chances to get leads. So it forces the opposing team's offenses to be one dimensional. And uh, I think that's what we need to do. Obviously, if Flores is able to get it done, I mean, that would be amazing. We know what the offense can do. So, I mean, we'll just, I don't know. I fingers crossed. I'm excited. I'm just, I will say that I'm cautiously optimistic. That's right. Hope for the best, expect the worst. That's going to be the new slogan of this show, I think. Uh, I I agree to an extent. I think uh, I think you're right on par there with the ranking. I think 15. Even if even if they could get into, you know, the 20, like the right. You know, the low end of the 20s, like the 22 to 17 range. You know, kind of in that range, I'd be fine with that if the uh, this is assuming now that the offense takes another step in year two of Kevin O'Connell's system. They add a, another weapon, or maybe Adam Thielen has a renaissance, which I don't see happening. But uh, I think if you can get your defense to be 22 to 17, somewhere in there, and your offense gets up to that top five type of level, I think you got a shot. I think you got a shot. Now, maybe there will be a check down on fourth and eight with the game on the line again, <laughs> but uh, that's beside the point. <laughs> um, yeah, and no, that loss was not on Kirk Cousins. I'll just yeah. say that before we have 
about 100 people in the comments. We don't have that many comments, but I'm sure there would be somebody in the comments saying, oh, you guys are trash and cousins. That loss was not on cousins. Okay. But yeah. that throw was inexcusable. You cannot make that throw. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that it will take some time, but I can kind of see the defense in that range. I think that's reasonable if they could get into that 22 to 17 range. That's kind of my thought on at least overall defensive ranking for next year. That's that's kind of my thought. You know, anything above that, like, that's great. Like, if he does anything above that, like, I think I think he's gone. <laughs> right. Like, you know, you go from one of the worst defenses in the league, and if he's anything above 17th, like, to me, that's like, okay, I'm hiring this guy right now. Um, which, by the way, Brian Flores should have been hired in Arizona. And I don't know if he backed out. Uh, I mean, I know he backed out of having his last interview. I don't know if they would have hired him um, had he went there, but I will talk about this more on the overt show, but I am not a fan <laughs> of Jonathan Gannon. I am not a fan of Jonathan Gannon. I think he dodged the yeah. bullet. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree I with he, you, but if I, I was Arizona, I would have loved to have him, but yeah, I just think he dodged a bullet considering like this. If he comes in here and just like I said before, if he comes in here and he turns his defense around and let's just say top 20, then he actually made progress with his defense with, with what they had. And he's going to be a top candidate for a head coaching job next year. It won't be any all these other interviews or all these backdoor deals or waiting for the right candidate that the, that, that team actually wants. He will be right. a coveted person for a head coaching job. And I think he knows that. And right. if he goes, if he if he would have went to Arizona and he can't, he, you're already not going to have Kyler Murray for a year, basically. So, yep. how, what are you going to do? How are you going to turn that around? Well, and like I talked with Matt Anderson about another plug to that show. Go watch that. Um, but like I said to Matt, like here's the thing for Brian Flores: like if he's getting paid well enough in Minnesota and he's enjoying being here. Like the pressure's not on him then. Like he can go yeah. whenever he wants and he can go wherever he wants, assuming everything goes as to plan. But like that's my whole thing. Like if he loves being in Minnesota and the Vikings are paying him, just yeah. stay in Minnesota. Like he can do that. You know? Like I mean, everybody's just like, well, yeah, he's gone after a year if the defense is good and all this stuff. Well, what if the right coaching job doesn't come up? What if he exactly. doesn't like the situation? What if uh, what if it's a Miami Dolphins situation for the team that's offering him? And he's like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, so that's that's why I think the power is for Brian Flo in Brian Flores's hands right now, in terms of like if he has a good year, like he can do whatever he wants. Like that's. Yes. He doesn't have to, oh, I've got to take this head coaching job. And I think this is something you've brought up before too, David. It's like, I think you're going to start to see some of these coordinators be more selective with mm -hmm. their head coaching uh, possibilities because they want to go somewhere where they know they're going to have a chance and not be a one and done or a two and done like it was two for Flores in Miami um, right. or a one and done for like David Culley and Lovey Smith. 
uh are we mm-hmm. seeing a trend here um by the way <laughs> yeah um so but that's that's kind of where my thoughts are on that anything you wanted to add there david yeah i just feel like you know it's like i said before you're going to see these coordinators start to be selective with their jobs like look at what Demico ryan's did you know going to houston you know, he that was a job that he wanted to, to take anyway. As soon as the, the Niners were eliminated, that was a job that was announced. You want to kind of put your career in a position to thrive. You know, years ago, these guys, these these the, the biggest hotshot coordinator who goes to the Super Bowl or wins the Super Bowl. I mean, look, look at us, for example, Kevin O'Connell. Right. You know, right. won the Super Bowl and he, he he's a head coaching candidate, you know, not no experience in play calling, you know, and everything like that. Just like look at what's happening over there in Philadelphia. Both their both their top coordinators are gone because you know they look good, but I bet you in two years either one of them might be fired, and that's what you don't want. Yep. You want stability as a coach. Yep i i uh, I think Steichen's the better hire of the two. Um, I think Steichen had more to do with the offensive success. And I don't think, and and there's been some numbers floated out and I may have even shared this to the chat at one point, but there was numbers tweeted out about Jonathan Gannon's defense against like some of the top quarterbacks in the league. Mm -hmm. It's not good. It's not good. Like he gives up. Uh, he gave up a lot to the likes of Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, I think was on the list. There was, I'd have to go back and find it, but his defense, I, I'm, I'm not convinced that's the right hire for Arizona. But, and that's uh, the thing, like with being a defensive guy, you're going to, you're going to have less time unless you draft a quarterback in your first year. The thing about, you know, the coach going to the other, you know, the, the Colts is he has the option of actually drafting his quarterback. So he's right. going to have time to develop that quarterback. You're stuck with Colin Murray unless you trade him, <laughs> you right. know, like, what are you going to do? How are you going to trade him if he's hurt? <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Yep. So, yep. So kind of, it's kind of hard. So. All right. And last thing I want to mention on this Flores front, gentlemen, Unless Tony, did you have anything else you wanted to add over there? Where you're waiting so patiently? No, you're good. You're I. I don't disagree with anything you guys said at all. What did we say? I want to hear you say it word for word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I caught about the thing about the stuff. Yeah, yeah. good. That's all we needed. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, Viking coaching changes. So. Inside linebackers coach, I believe it was Greg Minuski, right? He was the guy that got canned or let go, however you want to phrase it nicely. Um, Basically got let go because I think Brian Flores wants to bring in his own guy. And I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on the defensive coaching staff as a whole. Um, Do you guys think that Flores is going to continue to bring in his own guys. And by the way, uh, defensive line coach or assistant defensive line coach too, I believe also left for uh, Oregon, I want to say. Um, but yeah, so there's people leaving now, you know, you hear that this guy's coming in, you know, not that they necessarily don't like Flores, but it may not fit with his, what he's looking to do. Um, so just, 
starting you with you, Tony. We'll let you chime in here. Uh, what are you expecting for Vikings defensive coaching hires? Um, how much turnover do you expect there to be? I, you know, I don't really think there's going to be a ton of turnover. I know we've had a couple, but I, I really don't expect there to be a whole heck of a lot. I think he probably looks at, you know, balancing, bringing in guys that, um, you know, are going to fit what he's looking to do. You know, maybe he has some familiarity with, with them, but at the end of the day, balancing that with, you know, some familiar faces, which I do think you need some of, I'm sure he will probably evaluate uh, position groups and those coaches based on a lot of different factors. And one of those rightfully so uh, will be performance, right? Um, you know, did, did that position group perform to a level that he felt that the coaching um, was adequate uh, or maybe he could even provide a mentorship to uh, that maybe they, they maybe needed. And so, uh, but I ultimately don't see a complete overhaul. I, I do think that we'll see a little bit and, you know, some of these guys and I, and I'm, I can't name names. I apologize. I forget exactly who left, but um, you know, there also is opportunities too. So there's some people, some guys that may also have an inkling that they, uh, either have an opportunity somewhere else, or maybe they're feeling like Flores is looking in another direction. So they're going to be proactive with maybe finding mm -hmm. employment on another team. So there's going to be some of that too. Yeah. Anything you want to add there, David? Get rid of all of them. Sorry. Flores, clean house. Bring, clean house. Bring your own guys in there. Only thing I'm worried about is when you kind of have a lot of turnover on, on a different side of the ball especially with Flores being a candidate that might get a head coaching job soon, who do the Vikings retain when he leaves? So I'm, I want to look and see who's going to be his top assistant, and that's the guy you need to butter up. That's the guy you need to, you know, hey, you want this coaching job? If he leaves, you can be D.C. That's what I'm looking for. Is it is it D-line coach? Is it the linebacker coach? Is it the special, you know, the um, defensive back coach? Is I want to see who's – the, the main guy he leans on because that's going to be mm. the guy that's probably going to take over in the next couple of years if Flores decides to leave. But in my opinion, get rid of all of them. Defense was terrible. I mean. Yeah. I I think if Donatel had a lot of say in some of these guys, it's probably good that they leave. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and one more thing I will, I will say too on the coaches, like if there are coaches that are very much like Donatel in the sense that they weren't willing to change how the way they were coaching or willing to help implement changes for the better of the defense. Right. Um, or willing to change things up. Like, yeah, just in general, changing, um, transitioning, um, whatever you want to say. Collaboration. Go. Yeah, collaborating. Yeah, they need to go. <laughs> they just They just need to go because... You can't say you can't say stay stuck in your ways in today's NFL. You have to adjust on the fly. You have to adjust drive to drive for crying out loud. Uh, otherwise, you're gonna end up like the Vikings did, uh, and that's not what you're wanting to accomplish. So that's my thought: is make sure you get coaches in there that 
are okay with you saying, okay, this is a flaw that you need to correct instead of, no, I'm good. I don't need to correct anything, you know? Like, that's one of the worst faults mm -hmm. uh, in a coach. If you can't correct your own self, if you can't correct the things that you're doing, how can you correct somebody else? Like, that's right. that's my thought. But uh, So, quick question about that. What, both, both of you guys, what part of the – of the defense actually excelled this year? Well, I would say the pass rush was probably the best. Yeah, and but that's these not guys were already saying much. The, the, the Neil <laughs> Hunter was already the Neil Hunter and Zadarius Smith right. was already Zadarius Smith. So who did you develop? Right. Nobody. No, no, oh, you guys right. gotta go. <laughs> like, like Cam Dancer shouldn't have made a jump. You know, guys like that, uh Cam Bynum shouldn't have made a jump. And it never happened. So yep. these guys, these position coaches got to go. They're not developing these young guys. Yep. I agree. I agree. Yep. Anything you want to add there, Tony? No, I, I don't disagree. I mean, from what I would like to see have happen and what I think they will do will you know, probably be two different things. I just think that when we see these changes come at a coordinator level, um, you don't see as much clearing house as you do at like an uh, uh, head coach level. So um, because keep in mind, some of these guys might not necessarily just be at Donatel guys. Some of these guys might be Kevin O'Connell guys. So, you know, KOC might be like, Hey, like some of these fellas, these are my selections. You can get rid of all old Ed's people. <laughs> my guys, <laughs> They got to stay. And I'm not saying that's what's happening, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, Kevin is obviously going to have his fingers in all the different cookie jars on the team. So uh, I, just my guess is that there'll be some, but I don't think it's going to be like, oh, a sweeping overhaul. Um, mm. But I would expect some, but not all. Mike Will Pettin. Mike Petton? I was just going to say, <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, Great or average minds, maybe. <laughs> yeah. What are you yeah, going to do about Mike Petton? Yeah. It's a good question, though. Like, <laughs> if I'm Mike Petton, do I want to stay? Yeah. I don't know if I would, but at the same time, could I be the potential replacement? Yeah, I don't want it, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, sorry, Mike. No, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I don't like Mike Petten. All right, uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, but no, I I hear you. I think I think there's going to be some turnover, but there might not be as much turnover as we think either because of KOC liking some of these guys too. And as Mr. Flores pointed out in the press conference, he said that uh, KOC can coach some defense too. So he might know a thing or two about defense. We'll see if that happens in year two. Um, all right, gentlemen, before we continue along this beaten path of this podcast the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before 
Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball that's upcoming. Baseball season's right around the corner. Golf, MMA, NBA, and more. Plus, same game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props. Your betting options feel endless. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code on the screen, TPPN. That's code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. See the link in the description or in the show notes for those of you listening for more details. So there you have it. And by the way, um, let's uh, let's take a look before we get back into more Viking stuff. I want to see what you could go and bet on right now, because I I'm thinking, gentlemen, I might uh, I might decide to place a wager on some spring training baseball, which. Sounds maybe crazy, but uh, <laughs> I I think it might Check be worth what the XFL looks like might be worth a shot when the MLB gets going here. Um, yeah, XFL. I don't know if I have any of that on here right now, but there is some NBA stuff. I'm sure there was plenty of NBA stuff for the All Star Game. By the way, um, but yeah, there's all kinds of stuff you can do with the Sportsbook app on DraftKings, um, the NBA. Let's see. What do we got here? NBA. Uh, of course, college basketball. March Madness is coming up, by the way, too. Um, mm. So Thursday, the Celtics and Pacers play. And uh, right now you can go bet on the Celtics because or go bet, uh, bet on the Pacers. They're at home but they're favored to lose by eight. So plus plus eight at home for the old Indiana Pacers. So there's just one thing you could go bet on right now if you are looking to um, make, make, a little, make a little cash, but uh, make sure to gamble responsibly. That's all I've got to tell you. Um, but again, more... Show notes. I bet on a little basketball details. from time to time. Do you? you know, there you yeah. go. There you go. So join Tony on DraftKings promo code <laughs> TPPN. There you go. That's right. All right, gentlemen. Well, there you have it. DraftKings uh, sponsor um, on the show through the Pigskin Podcast Network. And now, gentlemen, we move forward to talk about positions of need for the Minnesota Vikings going into the offseason. We've got free agency that starts in very, very few amount of days now. I haven't even looked to see exactly, but in March coming up, 
What a great time of year March is, by the way. You got NBA season starting to heat up for postseason. You got March Madness. You got tournaments. And you also got baseball starting, one of my favorites. And then you got, of course, um, as I just mentioned, NFL free agency. You know, so and NFL free agency might steal some of those headlines even. So uh, and then there's golf, which I'm not a fan. But if you like golf, you go right <laughs> ahead. You go right ahead. Tony, you go right ahead. Um, well, I'm gone. So as we near free agency, gentlemen, agency, um, let's let's rank the Vikings offseason needs by position and this is something that i've heard sprinkled in a little bit here and there with draft talk and people putting out mocks and stuff but if the vikings especially cut zadarius smith defensive line and by the way dalvin tomlinson no guarantee he's back right. defensive line is a huge need that some people just aren't even really talking about as a first round possibility for the Vikings. Yes. Corner. I get it. Yes. We'd all love to have a wide receiver too behind JJ, but are those really our top two needs? I no. don't think so. I don't think so. I think defensive line underratedly is probably our top need. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Like that's, and that's the thing. You look at the teams that were just in the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles, their defensive line and the depth on that defensive line stacked. You look at the defensive line for the Chiefs. They had depth on that defensive line, too. They had a young guy in Carl Loftus, um, just a man amongst boys in Chris Jones. Uh, phenomenal. And um, they had Frank Clark on the edge. They had all these guys coming in. You need depth on the defensive line. You need to be able to rotate in and out. And um, right now, I really don't think Zedarius Smith is coming back based on social media stuff, based on the fact he sold his house. Yes, he could live in an apartment. I get that, but he's gone. <laughs> I, I just think he's gone. Like yeah. He's got too much money left, I think, on his contract after this year. His health is a question mark for me. Like... I just, I just don't see it past this year, gentlemen. Your thoughts? Yeah, I don't, I don't agree. Let me try that again. Let's start with David. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the biggest need this 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 offseason isn't defensive line, isn't it isn't cornerback, it isn't wide receiver. I mean, it isn't even the kicker. It's the quarterback. Ooh. And you guys know I love Kirk, but I just think this team has to really figure out what they're going to do outside of Kirk Cousins because JJ's contract is coming, and you're you're going to need to have to have a quarterback already on the roster that's kind of developing in the background so he can just take the reins. I mean, we talk about defensive line, but I mean you can always sign aging veterans like a. Adama can consume or, you know, all the guys that they had on the, the Philadelphia, you know, O-line, Linville Joseph, just as rotational pieces. But the hardest thing to to get consistently in the draft or even in free agency 
is a quarterback. And you talked about the last two teams in the, you know, in the playoffs. I mean, they might have good D lines, but what separates them from everybody else is the quarterback play. So are you telling me, David, that Daniel Jones isn't worth forty five million a year? I, <laughs> I almost cursed, but um no, he's not. <laughs> I'm just gonna say no, he's not. But I just think that the Vikings need to figure something out. You know, I actually like I like Hooker. I think you're gonna get Hendon Hooker. Hooker, yeah. Yeah, I think he's gonna fall in the draft and he's because of the injury. And if you can if you can trade up to get him in the second round or even the third round when he's available and sit that guy. And if KOC is the whiz kid that we think he is, you might have something there. And you might not even have to waste the first Here's, round pick here, right? Here's what I think. I am a huge Bryce Young fan. I think I think he's going to be a good quarterback at the next level. I get the height thing. Russell Wilson has done it. I mean, not last year, but every other year. <laughs> Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Definitely. Get out of here. If he can play, he can play. <laughs> right. Like, you know, I I love Bryce Young. It's going to take a freaking truckload of capital to try and get him, but if you are going all in on a quarterback, go get him. Do it. Go get him. Do it. Stop yeah. with this never-ending saga of extend him for another year, extend him for another year, right. extend him for another year. What if his arm falls off in two years from now? I'm just <laughs> saying, like, that's probably not going to happen, but it could end up in a situation where it is with R Matt Ryan right now where he just – like, yeah, the Colts had no other option behind Matt Ryan. And look where they got. They had four wins. So go get somebody you like. And whether that's Bryce Young or maybe, you know, maybe it is next year. I mm -hmm. also really like Caleb Williams for what that's worth. Um, I think it goes back to what Tony was saying a couple of episodes ago was basically about the Vikings having to, you know, going to regress this season. And if you're going to regress this season. Yep. Develop a quarterback in the background, like exactly. you know, exactly. <laughs> thirteen yep. wins. I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with ten a ten win season. You know, first round exit in the playoffs again. If if I know like, hey, that that kid's on the sidelines going to play next year, like I, right, I, I, I like have that. some sort of a future here. Like yeah, exactly. Kirk Cousins is not our future. Like I don't care what people say, he's not the quarterback in five years. If he is. Whew. We're in trouble. We did something wrong. <laughs> but Tony, let's hear your thoughts. Uh, position that you think the Vikings need at the top of their positions of need or need. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, it's a tough one. I, I still think it's. Mm, I, I really want to say corner. Um, I'd say it's corner or linebacker. I, I think those are the two top ones for me. Uh, and I, and I get what you guys are saying and I don't disagree. I really think that I, I hope we draft a quarterback, uh, but I don't even care if we don't, you know, try to spend a bunch of, you know, capital to get one, you know, to move up. I, I think that we can be strategic, uh, 
Uh, we don't have a lot of picks, unfortunately, uh, but uh, I would like to see them go after a quarterback one way or another. Um, but I think corner's huge, and I think we have some young corners. Obviously, I want to see what we get out of Andrew Booth Jr. with a full season, new coaching staff, get him back healthy. Uh, I know he's not a corner per se, but on the back end, Lewis seen coming back from that gruesome leg injury uh, that he had. So getting him back, uh, hopefully by the start of the regular season, which certainly looks like we're trending in that direction. Happy to see him back on the field, at least working out. Um, but I say corner because I think you got guys like like a Dantzler, um in particular. And, and I want to really like Cam Dantzler because I think some of his natural gifts are are very apparent. I think he's got a great build. He's very prototypical of a guy. I think that that's got the right, again, skill set for it. I just think what kills Dantzler is he, he came into the league with a very disgruntled Zimmer as a head coach <laughs> who was already kind of a hard guy to play for, especially at the defensive back position. And, um, Unfortunately for a guy like Cam, I just think it's confidence and I don't know if he'll ever recover um to have cuz to be a corner like you know look I get the the <laughs> he's kind of the almost caricature at this point of DBs but you look at prime time Deion Sanders baby like you got to have swag like these guys that play DB they have to match the kind of swagger that a receiver has like because it's a battle right it's a battle especially for playing outside and if you feel kind of like oh how hum i don't know you know like they're gonna eat you alive man a guy like justin jefferson or deandre hopkins like these elite receivers they're gonna sm they're like they're gonna smell the blood in the water and they're just gonna eat you and um you know so i just think it might be over for cam we need to get another guy in there at least. Um, we'll see what happens with Patrick Peterson, uh, if he's going to come back. But he obviously at this point is a serviceable corner that probably provides as much mentor ability that he does ability on the field. Um, and we'll see if it even maybe exceeds it a little off the field at this point. So I just think that's an area of need for us. And that doesn't necessarily mean a rookie comes in and is amazing day one. But it would certainly be nice to have a guy that we see a lot of upside, and uh, and maybe we do get a star. You, you just never know. Yeah. Here's what I would say. Um, I think I put the guys on the screen for the audio audience. Dantzler, Shelley, Booth Jr., and Evans. Those are the four guys who technically Shelley's not on this list, but those are the three guys who are for sure under contract for next year. So you have three guys there. Shelley could potentially come back. Um, I would be more fond of bringing him back than Patrick Peterson. That's just my thought. But um, I think if you keep all three of those guys and you draft another corner, I, I just have a tough time seeing that. Like, what do you do with Dantzler? What do you do with a Booth Jr.? What do you do with an Evans? Like, are those two of those guys then instantly become either one of them has to go to the slot or they're backups for you? And if you spent a second round pick on Booth Jr. and Cam Dantzler has been your starting corner pretty much the last couple of years, 
like that to me is a signal that okay if you're drafting a first round corner then basically one of those guys needs to be moved because mm-hmm. I, I i and i'm not saying it hurts to have depth obviously depth is a good thing at all positions um just look where the vikings were this year with lack of depth but i think i think if you draft a first round corner to me, it signifies the end for Cam Dantzler, and I agree. I agree with that. I, I don't necessarily know if it's a great idea to get rid of him. I think there were moments when he started to shine last year, but there was also the injuries, and then there was also moments when he wasn't great. So, right. yeah, I don't know. It's it's a hard situation. I mean, Shannon Sullivan – is not coming back next year. No, right? if he comes back, I am. I'm leaving. I'm done. <laughs> I, I will think... stop this podcast. I will stop being a Vikings fan if he comes back. My God, the Green Bay double agent. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he was so bad. Like people were saying, "Oh, well, he's not as bad as Mac Alexander was last year." Well, actually. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the PFF yeah. numbers, he was as bad, if mm-hmm. not worse. So, yeah, don't bring him back, David. Yeah, I think Dantzler, what you can do with this, even if you don't draft a um a, a cornerback in the first round, you can always sign a big name in free agency to be your number yeah. one guy. I would like to see Dantzler get his confidence in the nickel role. He's it's a taller guy, a little bit more, you know, a little slender. Majority of the guys that's playing in the slot are more small, twitchy guys anyway. And you can, you know, you can booth booth is better on the outside. He wants to press, and that's what Flores wants to do. I think, you know, they might need to look into putting Dantzler, you know, as a nickel guy. And maybe he can develop there as a solid nickel guy. I mean, the nickel guy is a starter anyway. He just doesn't play the outside. Right. So. That's right. how you can fix that. I just worried about Caleb Evans with with all those concussions going forward. Is he ever is he ever going to be okay to actually suit up? So it's really only like two guys on this list. It's only really Kessler and Booth because Shelley's not under the contract, and the Caleb Evans he might not ever play again, or we don't know because well, how many concussions did he have in a couple of games? Like three. Yeah. Yep. Supposedly he's back healthy now, but. That's also what Andrew Booth Jr. said at the beginning of the season. The healthiest I've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that go? So, um, (laughs) and and it sucks, you know, it sucks because I think if both of these guys gave their, got their opportunities and were healthy for a full season, I think they could show what they're made of. But unfortunately it's just the way it is. And as David, as you've said, as we've talked about on this show, and it's been talked about on other shows, I'm sure, the best ability is availability. availability. Yeah. And that doesn't matter if you play quarterback. It doesn't matter if you play cornerback. It doesn't matter if you play defensive line. That's the best ability, availability, unless you're Shannon Sullivan. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the famous but, uh, words of Mike Zimmer, you can't make the club in the tub. This is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a classic right there. Oh, boy. Um, so that leads us into our last topic of the day, gentlemen. Now that we've talked about 
position by needs by position. I guess we didn't really go into second and third and fourth. I mean, we could be here all day. Uh, but I think that's kind of our top needs right there. Corner, defensive line, and I said I know you said quarterback. I mean, you could throw linebacker in there too. I think Tony, yeah. you mentioned that, but um those are kind of the big ones. I think quarterback yeah. definitely has to be a talking point at minimum this offseason. Um whether you're trading for somebody, whatever. But uh this offseason and next offseason, these two offseasons here are huge for the Minnesota Vikings in the future. I've said that before on this show, and I firmly still believe it. This is going to shape the future. If they keep riding on with Kirk Cousins and don't address the need of quarterback in the draft for future seasons, there's going to be a problem eventually, and people are going to be like wondering why. Oh, why is there a problem? Oh, we didn't take a quarterback. But, but... Um, I digress. So draft first round priorities, gentlemen, I think, you know, you got to approach it the same way. Old Rick Spielman, old slick Rick used to do trader Rick, whoever you want to call him. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got to go with best player available, right? Like yeah. that's, that's the thing that I'm, I'm kind of, I'm where I'm kind of at with the Vikings. Like, I think there are two to three places where they for sure could go and maybe should go. But I think the Vikings need to do a good enough job in free agency where they can do best player available Mm -hmm. where it's not okay. Well, um, there may have been eight corners taken already ahead of us, but we want a corner and we need to get a corner. So we better take one now. No, you take the best player available. If it's Bijan Robinson at 23, which I wouldn't, I'm not a big fan of drafting running backs in the first round, but a guy like that for four, four or five years, I'd be okay with. Um, but I'm just saying BPA, that's the scenario that I would be going with. I mean, obviously, yes, it would be great. You know, you bring in a second wide receiver, a Jackson Smith, the Jigba. Um, or, uh, Jalen Hyatt. I know he's been kind of the talk lately too. some of those guys. Um, I don't necessarily like Quentin Johnston or Johnson just because of some weird things with TCU wide receivers in the last few years with, uh, <laughs> Jalen Rager being one. And, uh, also if you remember, uh, Josh Doxson from the, yeah. Washington football team or Washington commanders now, but, uh, he didn't end up doing well, even though I'll, uh, show you by how bad I am at knowing draft picks, but a lot of people were too, by the way, I, I was a big fan of Josh Doxson in that draft. That's who I wanted the Vikings to draft. And, uh, he didn't turn out, but neither did Laquan Treadwell. And, uh, so there you go. (laughs) Yeah. I would have taken Doxson over Treadwell though. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt. Me but too. We all would have taken Michael Thomas over both of them now, looking yeah. back. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, we had John oh, Fox and, and nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, where where would you guys sit in this front? 
Tony, let's start with you drafting a first round uh, quarterback, cornerback, or do you kind of lie with me in this BPA? Yeah, I'd say it's best player available. I would love for it to be one of those three positions. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, uh, you take the best guy available and hopefully he turns into another piece. I just think this team is player away. So at the end of the day, you just keep stacking up great players and then you see where the chips fall later on. Obviously, at some point, there is not a single team out there that doesn't draft at some point in the draft for need like this thought of like no we just always take the best player that's on our board every time like any team that does that is probably well that's probably the browns um but <laughs> <laughs> you know every team shout out kevin Stefanski. It, it's just that you draft for need probably you know past the second round so um yeah, I'm I'm fine with them taking the best player available. I know a lot of Vikings out there want to see us draft a receiver, and I I would you know look I that's a sexy pick. Anytime you're talking about position players, quarterback, receiver, running back, these are sexy positions, um, and it's a fun to get excited about them. But I I hope they don't. I hope they don't draft a wide receiver. I I just think that. There are bigger areas of need, and I feel like as good as the offense can be, that until the defense is somewhat serviceable, it doesn't matter. So to me, it's kind of like, eh, unless you're talking O-line, I think it's, it's just got to be defense or maybe quarterback if, if, if there's a special guy, you know, if there's a special guy yeah. there. I agree. Anthony I think Richardson. Go, that's the guy. <laughs> I said it a couple of weeks ago Falls before the to 23. <laughs> but I think I think you guys are 100 percent right. I would go best player available. And if the best player available is at a position that you really wouldn't feel like, say the best player available is a tackle. I mean, you're not gonna draft another first round tackle. You know, you already have two two good tackles. Then Do you it. trade back. Then I say then you trade back and get more draft picks. Do it and uh, build yeah. that tackle depth, baby. <laughs> I mean, that's just how I look at it. Like, if you, you know, draft I don't want Aliudo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he'd be a good back, a good backup. But you know, yeah. the Vikings are. He going actually to didn't draft do too bad. I, I no, nah, he wasn't too bad. He's, he's, well, he's, and every he's, he's a better tackle. Every yeah, he's a better tackle. Where right. there is an overabundance of talent and like a position group or a couple of position groups. So, you know, if they're targeting DB from everything I've heard, this is a very deep defensive back class. So if they feel like they can trade back and get more capital, they could probably get a lot of value in the second or third round still. Right. Right. And that, yeah, and that's exactly right. And I've heard that by multiple draft experts. I want to say, <laughs> um, draft experts that say that these cornerbacks there it's loaded like it is loaded so i i'm right with you tony i would wait i would wait till at least day two if not day three to draft a corner and i am more online with taking a corner in free agency 
Um, I think that's because do we really need another young, just raw talent at corner at this point? Like, yeah, to me, to me, it's like bring in a Byron Murphy, bring in a Jamel Dean, bring in somebody that's got experience, but that's not 30s like Patrick Peterson that still has some speed left, you know, I mean, like all, all respect due to Patrick Peterson. He played well this year, but he also played well in a scheme that was tailored to him. And that's probably a a part of the reason. Yeah. And that's probably part of the reason why the rest of the thing didn't work out so well. (laughs) Not a lot of tread left on the tire. Right. So, um, but that's where I'm at. Um, but yeah, no, I would put unless unless the corners continue to fall early, but even then, like I said, if it if you're just taking a corner to take a corner, then that's not a good way to go about it either. Right. So Yeah, I'm just but, thinking like best best player available. And if this is out of position that you already have filled, trade back and get more draft picks. It's a deep corner cornerback draft. And just just like you guys said, I, I would rather them go in free agency and sign a, you know, a good consistent corner on the second contract, you know, to be the number one corner versus these young guys. Here's the thing, David. I know you said don't draft a tackle, but here's another thing that we got to talk about. Brian O'Neill, is he going to be ready? Yeah. Is he going to be ready for the first week? We don't know. It's the, oh, that's the thing with big guys like <laughs> me, uh, except even bigger than me uh, uh, height-wise at least um, they it's a little harder to overcome those lower body injuries for, for the big guys. So, and you know, I'm not saying he won't come back and I'm not saying he won't be good again, but that not only do you have to worry about, okay, is he going to be back for training camp and for the beginning of the season, but you also have to worry about, is he going to be nearly as good as what he was before the injury? Right. Yeah, that yeah, that's true. that's my whole thing. Like here here's what I don't want the Vikings to go through the rest of time doing is okay, we've got this position filled. Let's not worry about it for 5 to 10 years. Oh, now he's <laughs> now he's gone. Huh. That's weird how that happens. Uh or now he got hurt. Now we don't have depth, you know. So that's just where I'm at. Like I like don't be like yes, you don't want to draft three tackles just to have depth or whatever. (laughs) But, but at the same time, like don't totally ignore it because it could come back to bite you someday. And it's, that's, that's where I'm kind of at with it. But I got a crazy idea for you guys. All right. All right. So let's let's say to the Vikings at 23 trade down, do whatever they do. They, They get more draft picks, right? They take a quarterback in, Maybe the second round with one of those picks is a hooker, maybe, right? So they do that. This is Adam Thielen's probably last season, right? Or he's going to get traded. We don't know what's going to happen. Next year's draft, you trade up for Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh my gosh. That's how you have to think. You don't think about one draft, you think about two drafts. Because if you want to, draft a wide receiver that's the guy you need to pair with jj and you you imagine and you already have a young quarterback yeah can you imagine 
drafting the quarterback this year, or maybe the Vikings just trade all their picks this year. Don't trade, don't draft anybody. <laughs> they trade it all for next year and draft Caleb Williams and and uh, your guy, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. He is going to be a problem. Yeah, just like he, his dad. Yeah. And, and I think he's even going to be better than his dad. I think he's I don't probably know about got that yet. <laughs> well, I obviously got to prove it. Obviously, yeah, you gotta, prove it, but yeah, his his dad was was something to watch. I I don't know what Marvin Senior ran, but I am gonna guess that his son's a little faster than him. Yeah, that's just faster. my that's just my thought. When is uh, yeah, Arch but, Manning getting drafted? Maybe those two could be a tandem. I think he's gonna be a freshman. I want to say in yeah. college. Oh, see, yeah, we could we could get we could get Arch Manning in. You right. know, like say three years from now, two years. Since from Archie now. worked out so well. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, get the Manning-Harrison connection again. That's right. Yeah. So is that is that a – that's not one of the brothers, is it? It's one of – yeah, it is. Or it is. No, that's the that's the that's that's his nephew. His yeah. nephew. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's his nephew. Right. That's, the, that's the oldest son's son, kid. And he's supposed that's to be the, the best that, one of all of them, right? Yeah, the one no, the best one is the best one, best one is Eli, man. Come on now. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Did I just hear some Peyton slander on here? I love Peyton, but I, I know hey. Peyton's mechanically is better. He makes better decisions. But I won't hear it. When Eli is slinging it. it, there's no one better. <laughs> I, I, I get those classical birth out routes. Ex exactly. When Eli's slinging it. There's no I, one better. I need to come up with something <laughs> like they have on around the horn so I can mute you and take points away. <laughs> I actually like Peyton, like man. She's like, my wife, she's like, uh, I, I've never seen Eli play. So I showed her like his Super Bowl runs and explained to her like these guys were were wild card teams. And she's like, he's just out there slanking. I said, yeah, that's what Eli didn't, didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, but here's the thing Peyton did it all the time. Eli yeah. did it for basically two years. Like, two, two years. Yeah. That's that's my thing. Like, yes, those two years were really good, but Peyton Peyton did it for many, many years at a high level. Well, and teams there was very teams. Uh, one time. Well, twice actually he beat Brady on the way to the Super Bowl. He beat him. <laughs> when the Colts won it against the Bears, and then they also, um, when the Broncos, didn't didn't he with the Broncos beat the Patriots as well? I think so, when they won. Well, I just won, think, but. I think David might just be a little But most salty. of the time, I agree. Most of the time, I agree. <laughs> but David, I am a Patriots fan, so. David, I think you just might be a little salty because in 2004, Peyton had to uh, come in and have a great season and share the MVP award with Dante Culpepper in 2004. That's right. Remember that? <laughs> hey, no, I thought, they did I a shared MVP. Hey, the Vikings have never beat two of the greatest there. quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. I don't think they beat, ever beat either one of them. But anyways, just yeah, a Debbie Downer. <laughs> I'm just a Debbie Downer. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah, back to the draft. I'm just trying to set the draft up for, you know, to be successful, not just this year, but next year. Because if the, just like Tony said before, yeah. if the Vikings oh, are going, 
are if the Vikings are going to regress this year, the best thing you need to do is go best player available and get more picks and develop the talent that you're going to need to play in the next couple of years. Because these older guys are not going to be on this team too much longer. And just yeah. like you said, you know, Carson, you know, with with um with uh the quarterback situation to where you don't want to hold on too long to him and the last year of his contract he's making 45 million dollars and his orange fall off like you right <laughs> there's nothing you can do about yep. that so yep Ooh, you know. drops back in the back in the pocket and his arm fell off <laughs> yeah that's right that's right that yeah. is not a lizard tail folks it does not grow back <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i think I think it's interesting to to talk about some of this stuff. And by the way, gentlemen, we're not going to do it today because we're running out of time here. But uh, we will be doing some mock drafting very, very soon and uh, doing it live on the show. For those of you that are audio listeners, this would be a great time to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. But we also appreciate you listening. And we will make sure to let you know what the pick is. And we'll try and make the visual as clear as possible through audio as well, since I happen to also do play-by-play, but uh, that's beside the point. So (laughs) anyways, all right, gentlemen, I think that's going to do it. Um, Good, good show back after a week off a little, we needed a little rest, I think is probably, even though I didn't really get any, but that's beside the point. Um, Sleep when I'm dead, right? That's that's right. Um, but thank you. Yeah. Thank you all. Uh, final statements uh, before we before we get going. I think I've pretty much said everything I need to say. Anybody else want to finish with a final statement here? Well, I just want to say to all the Vikings faithful out there, uh, we are recording the week of the crazy snowstorm. So... Uh, If you are sitting in traffic, listening to the Skull Purple podcast in the snowstorm in the next coming days, we love you. We appreciate you. And thank you for joining us uh, during the snowstorm. But be safe, travel safe. And uh, for those that are looking out even further, uh, we're getting there. We're getting into the dog days of summer, getting those golf clubs cleaned off. And uh, certainly make sure to check back with us weekly here on the podcast, because even though it's the off season, uh, we're still going to be pumping out content that's new and new noteworthy. And um, we're just excited, not wishing away the summer, but we're excited about the Vikings in 2023. Yeah. We don't want this weather again too quick, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) And then David in his California breeze and, Shorts and seventy-five degree weather. David, hey. any any final words from you? I think I said we said everything already. I mean, let's All just right. wait and see how everything unfolds. All right. I think next time, let's 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 write it down, gentlemen. We are going to do a mock draft on our next episode. I'm calling it. I'm making that statement. We're gonna do it live. Let's do it. So that's that's it. coming up next week. We'll be doing that. So don't you go anywhere. Mock draft. So much fun. Um, I've also played with the cap calculator on the on the website on the uh, webs. I've said that before on the webs. Um, 
So uh, that's fun too, by the way, if you're, uh, if you're not a math person, like I'm not, it's a little easier for the cap calculator to try and do that, but that's going to do it gentlemen before I keep rambling. And as always, thank you, by the way, to the pigskin podcast network for having us. And thank you for watching and listening. And as I said, as always, skull, skull, skull.